Welcome to Family Financial Feuds from University of Illinois Extension. Hello everyone, my name is Kamaya Wallace-Bichard and I am a consumer economics educator with University of Illinois Extension and I am joined today with one of my awesome colleagues and I will let her introduce herself. Hi, this is Kathy Sweetler from University of Illinois Extension, and I also teach personal finance. And I'm excited to be here today to have this conversation with Kamaya. Absolutely. So our topic for today, what are we going to be talking about? So we're going to talk about having positive conversations with your children about money. And just to give you kind of like a baseline of where we're coming from, I have a six-year-old and so our money conversations are quite interesting. And for you, Kathy? Well, so my children are a little older. My children, I have three sons who are in their late 20s. And so I'll be coming with in on this conversation with a little different perspective. Um, and I think that idea of talking about positive conversations is a good one because so often our conversations about money kind of end up maybe more negative at times if there's strife or or you know, disagreements and, mm -hmm. and even with our, our children, right? So keeping the focus on the positive is a great start for us. Yes, absolutely. And so today we want, we like to ask each other questions because we feed off each other a little bit. And so we have like a few questions that, um, you know, we want to ask each other and just go through some of this. And one of the first ones that we were thinking about was, you know, how did we learn about money? And in the household that we grew up in, were there differences or similarities between us and our siblings and the type of messages that we got about money as we were growing up? Kathy, do you want to kick us off? Sure. I think that's, you know, it's a really interesting question because so often when I talk to people and I ask them, like, do you handle money the way your siblings do? People look at me like I'm crazy and they're like, no, I don't. Um, but, but, you know, I think in my family, while we definitely approach money differently, there are some similarities um, as we've, you know, my sisters are now all grown up too. Um, and maybe part of it was, I don't recall a lot of sit down conversations about money, but it was definitely not a taboo subject in the family. Like things, you know, it was part of the daily conversation or yeah. whatever. It just came up and you would talk about it. Um, and in, I think it helped my parents were on the same page about money. And so that made it less stressful. We didn't have a lot of um, strife there. So right. how yeah. about you, Kamaya? Was that like that for you or was it different? Um, so for me, I remember like one of my first... Um, responsibility with money let's put it that way so I remember being a teenager when we were in high school my dad used to um, give us like our allowance and lunch money um, so we had it for two weeks so he would give us the exact amount we need for each day so we had to give ourselves give ourselves like a daily allowance so one of my brothers who was close in age with me he would always use his and by like Wednesday you know middle of the week like he would be out of money really fast much faster than I would and so that's just one example of how um, you know we had conversations about money my dad would say okay this is for you and you need to make it last you for two weeks um, but unlike my brother mine would last me for two weeks but not not his and a lot of things that I saw even like growing up um, with my mom who stayed at home 
you know, like she managed a lot with like the household things with um, taking care of all like the other financial things with paying like the bills and different things like that. So I saw a lot of that, like she, um, you know, took charge with a lot of that. And my, my dad, of course, he was a sole provider. So he did a lot with giving, letting her have like a lot of freedom and responsibilities that way. So I saw a lot of that growing up in my household now. I might look a little bit different than that, but that's kind of some of what I saw growing up. And, you know, there were a lot of positives around that. Um, I learned a lot of great things from my dad in terms of like savings and putting money away for the future. So there were a lot of different type of conversations that we had, not necessarily formally sitting down around the table, um, going over um, different topics, but just being a little bit open about money and giving us some responsibilities with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that struck me as you're um, giving your examples, Kamaya, is that you're using the words that you saw or you observed your brother doing this and things. And I think that brings up a really good point in that um, we do learn from our families through conversations and, and, and that's important. But what's also important is you know, kids are always watching and they're always observing. And so when they see you do things, that may be when a question comes up, right? Because they can, they are actually seeing you do something or they take away a message. Sometimes we have to be careful too, that they don't misinterpret why we're doing something. (laughs) We explain it a little bit. So they get it into context, especially when they're young. Um, And, and also not just our parents, but often there's other role models that we might see in the family context. So I know one of my grandmothers was a big influencer for me on my finances and how I chose to handle my finances. And just by her actions and how she managed her money and how she kept track of things to the penny um, really struck out, just stuck in my mind and always made an impression. Yes, absolutely. It was like that for me too with um, my maternal grandma. Like she was in charge of a lot of different things too, and so was my mom. And so I saw um, not just you know like them as family, but as women also taking care of a lot of different things. And I think back now, even in my personal life right now, with making sure that I'm aware of what's going on in our financial life. So some of those little um, messages that um, I got growing up has influenced my adult life. Absolutely. And you never know what they are until it happens, right? (laughs) (laughs) Always positive? I don't know. Not always. But sometimes um, there are a lot of things that definitely stick with you. All right. So how do we start the conversation? And I like this question. So how do we go about starting the conversation with our kids? Um, You know, different age. Um, research shows that, you know, by age three, they start learning some different things relating to like um, money, it's like different concepts and different things are, are getting to them, but they're still so very young. And I have uh, a six-year-old, so the conversations that we do have are a little bit different. Um, and I can go into one that I had with her recently. And so I just, in preparing for this podcast, I just wanted to have a conversation with her. So we were sitting down and I asked her, I'm like, what is money? And she said, oh, you know, it's the thing that you use to buy food and toys, tell you what her priorities are. So so then I asked her another question, where do we get money from? She said, the machine. 
And then when she answered that, I started laughing, and because I was laughing at myself, because I was thinking, it's how I asked the question, isn't it? Maybe if I asked her the question in such a way to say, you know, what do you think people do in order to get money? So like her like concept of money and her understanding of it is so interesting, and so I just had like this really great conversation with her and just learning about how she thinks about it. What a great way to start a conversation, <laughs> to start it from her perspective, like yes. to listen to her mm-hmm. and where she is rather than trying to, you know, teach X, Y, and Z. And I think that's one of those things that um, really transcends, you know, goes across all the different ages when you're raising children is to try to remember to start with where they are and yes. then you can give them feedback or build upon that. Um, because sometimes, you know, she, you know, why wouldn't she think so the money comes out of a machine? That's what she sees, <laughs> yes, right? That's what she sees. And, and so much of what we do now is electronic that with finances that there's really, we need to be a little bit more conscious about the conversations because it's harder to make sense out of what they're seeing um, and or to make the connections between your working and money in a machine, right? Mm-hmm. It's just hard to make that connection. Absolutely. So, How about you, Kathy? Any stories from when your sons were um, younger? Well, you know, and I'm trying to think, I don't think, you know, again, that we did that like, okay, tonight we're going to sit down around the table and talk about money. I just don't recall that. But there were opportunities. I mean, I I think many youth, when they're out shopping with you, it's just sort of normal to ask for a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so there's a great opportunity to talk about, you know, whether you're going to buy that for them or not. And I really tried rather than just saying no to, you know, kind of, and I put it in a context of like, you know, this isn't what I have, you know, this isn't a high priority for our family. We're not buying this right now. Our priority is to buy groceries. That's what we're here for. Right. Um, or, you know, I can understand why you like that and want that. So is that something you would like to use with your allowance or the money you earn during chores? That often stopped the conversation because they were <laughs> like, not with my money, with your money, mom. Yep. <laughs> and then, so that was simple, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, you know, taking those opportunities when the when it comes up to have that conversation or when you're sitting, you know, or when you go to the ATM, if your child's with you, kind of talk for like 30 seconds. Why do we get money out of this machine? How does that really work? Yeah. Um, there don't have to be long conversations for your child to understand that it's okay to talk about money, that they can ask you questions about it. Um, and that's one of the biggest messages, I think, is that this is not a taboo subject. This is something we can explore, just like we might explore, you know, butterflies, or we might explore how to cook. This is just another thing in our lives that's normal that we can explore together. Absolutely. And I even remember, like, back further when my my daughter was even younger, we started having some conversations that linked to sort of the value and beliefs that our family has about money. And the huge one with that is the fact that we have a lot of nieces and nephews. And so she would ask for different things or she would have things that um, she's outgrown. And so we would have conversations about giving things away to people or sharing things with her cousins if she ended up getting more than one of the same things from family for her birthday. So we had conversations about that when she was younger. And so now 
when we do anything or um, go out and she might ask for something, a huge thing that she always says is, are we, do we, are we going, is this a time to buy um, like toys? Are we going to be buying toys on this trip? Or, you know, just different conversations relating to that. So thinking about like, is this going to me or is this going to my cousin? So different conversations around like our values that we attach to like money in our family. And so her conversation as she's getting older, I'm noticing like certain patterns that I've seen in the conversations that we have. Yeah, that's good. I think to, you know, also give her that heads up, you know, this trip isn't about you. It makes it a lot easier when you get into the store than if you try to explain that after you've looked through all the toys and said, which one do you like best? (laughs) (laughs) Because I remember a few meltdowns around that situation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and sometimes, I mean, you know, you might just want to try different strategies for starting conversations. The University of Minnesota has um, a little activity called Money Conversations starters for parents and children Mm -hmm. and they give you like I think it's like 30 different little questions here that you could cut up on a piece of paper um, or you could just pull up on your iPad or whatever and you know just to start a question and again a good way to listen to hear what they're thinking about um, and then to be able to give them you know some feedback on it to to help them see the real context and what you're going next. So, um, and especially I think too, as your children start getting into late elementary and middle school, these questions would be really appropriate because they're starting to try to really figure out even more like, where am I and how do I fit into this family and how does that fit into the world and you know the, all that big stuff and finances are a big part of all of that so yeah. and I'm glad I'm so glad you brought up that um, those questions because I use them in my programming with youth so when I teach um, any classes with youth on personal finance there's some of the questions that I use from that to just like get things going, get people to start talking. Um, one of the questions that I really love is how do you decide whether or not to lend like a friend $10 and thinking about like middle schoolers, like, you know, having conversations about how do I decide that? Do I trust this person? So I'm so glad that you brought up um, those questions. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, in this, I think conversations with children is really important. Um, I was reading a research study that asked millennial young adults, what did they wish their parents had done about finances? And having more conversations about money was Mm -hmm. one of the top things. Um, So while I know as a parent that, you know, trying to wrangle your youth into a place where you can have a conversation is often difficult. I think thinking about good situations to do it when you're in the car um, they're sort of trapped when you're out (laughs) shopping anyway um, if you're you know trying to make you're writing the grocery list and you want to talk about like this helps me manage my spending because I write down my groceries you know just throwing out those tidbits and then asking for other ideas Um, so I, I think that you know just you have to at times actually be conscious about it and bring it up yourself and then take time to listen and, and, and go from there. Yes, absolutely. So, so far we've been talking a lot about like our experiences and we wanted to just let like our listeners know that there's a lot of research around this topic. Um, a lot of professionals have spent tremendous amount of time and research on this topic because it's so valuable, it's so important. And a lot of what we will talk about moving forward too is gonna definitely be tied back to some of that 
um, research and what that means for positive outcomes for for children and young adult as they get older, having more financial knowledge, being more knowledgeable on different topics that can help them to have like great financial well-being. So, Kathy, did you have any more questions for me? Well, I think we've touched on this, but maybe we could kind of um, break it down even more specifically. You know, what strategies from all that research that you read, Mm -hmm. um, what strategies do you think if I was a parent with a young child or a middle school youth or high school, what would be like some very concrete things I could do to help them explore finances kind of above and beyond? Um, having conversations. Yes, absolutely. So for for like lots of different kids, like opening like a savings account in a child's name, like some of the research around this is so valuable, like opening a, a savings account in a child's name where, you know, if they get like a little bit of birthday money or Christmas money, you can have that money in that account for them and that builds up over time. And that's just a, another a great way to start introducing like different concepts relating to like money management and savings. And even if they're very young and they don't know what's happening as they get older, then you can have like those conversations. And as they get older, giving them time um, opportunities to practice. So practicing just ways of one example that I can use that I know I use with my daughter is giving her like a couple of dollars. She loves going to the dollar store. And I'm like, if I was five or six, I would absolutely love going to the dollar store too. So going to the dollar store. So every once in a while we have one that's close by our house. Um, and every once in a while when she has like an allowance, we say, okay, you can go to the dollar store and you can pick up two things. And she knows that each item is a dollar and you pay like a tax on Uh, on those items I mean going through the whole tax thing well that's a different conversation trying to um, explain that to her but she knows that with her two dollars she needs a little bit more to pay for like her two item so that's just one way that she gets to practice is one opportunity that she gets to practice Um, another one that I will will discuss and I of course Kathy I'll let you um, answer some of these as this as well Um, is just modeling like positive behaviors you know as a parent um, what are we telling our kids and are they seeing some of what we're doing? So if we're telling them one thing and doing something else, then that can be like conflicting for a lot of kids who are seeing your behavior and seeing how you handle money and how you have discussions or different conversations about money and they're learning from that. So even though you might say to them, oh, you need to save this money, but they're not seeing like you practicing some of what you were preaching. Um, that's also important when you think about like what are some of the strategies that you as a parent can use um, to help your kids develop just like positive money behaviors. Yeah, those are all fantastic. And um, one of the things I was looking at recently was a report by the Consumer Federal Protection Bureau that was looking at, again, strategies to help youth develop these behaviors. And I was struck by the fact that they came up with something that is kind of different than financial literacy, but more about problem solving and learning how to compare and contrast. And I thought, you know, so many of our financial decisions are about knowing how to compare and contrast different financial tools or different financial opportunities. And what a great skill that we can help our youth learn. So whether they're you're, they're at the grocery store with you and they're comparing, you know, which, um, you know, what's the best 
buy for a particular item you want at the grocery store, whether it's cereal or milk or whatever, you know, and that can be done pretty quickly. Or a bigger thing, like if they're saving up money to buy something larger when they're, you know, a teen, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, they have the right to spend their money on whichever item they want, but you know, you can still ask them as a parent to say, okay, so tell me about why you want this video system versus another video system and what's the pros and cons and helping them th- think through, you know, the the attributes of that item as well as the cost and right. where's the cost benefit of that. So teaching these skills um, is important as well and helping them apply it to the financial situation. Yeah, absolutely. And there's one thing I wanted to add too, and you know, look thinking about like strategies, a big one that I think is so important is being honest with your kids. You know, depending on their age, if you're having like certain conversations, um, it's good to just like be honest about like some of what's happening. So, if, for example, if you have money to go to the grocery stores to buy grocery, to buy grocery, uh, you have a honest conversation. Don't just says money doesn't grow on tree, or something like that. Uh, just have an honest conversation to say the money that we have now is to cover grocery. We are not getting any more. Get, we're not buying any toys on this trip. Kind of like going back to what we were saying, but just being open and honest and understanding that your child depending on their age can understand that yes this is what mom or dad says we're going to be doing and this is what they're going to be doing i mean that doesn't mean that they won't still ask because they're kids right they'll still they'll still ask for stuff but um just being open and honest is a is a good strategy as well yeah absolutely they usually know when you're not being honest anyway so you might as well just start (laughs) out there All right. So I'm just trying to think about other good examples. I think, you know, looking back over my, you know, children growing up, I think having given them opportunities to practice with the money, I know you brought that up earlier, just though, um, was really important. So we always had, they did get an allowance. Um, It wasn't a large amount, but then we always had other chores that were above and beyond their normal chores. So like there were certain things they had to do, but if they were wanted something specific, there would be other chores they could do that would earn them money. And I kind of had like usually, you know, they and they could they have to be age appropriate, of course. Right. So even when they're little, you know, they can do things like one of our favorite chores was shine the kitchen, which was take the Windex <laughs> and clean all the surfaces they could reach, um, you know, awesome. or gather up the newspapers. At that time, we had a lot of newspapers to put in recycling, you know, or fold towels, something simple. Right. And then as they get older, they can really do bigger things for you, like, you know, wash your car or, you know, clean up a whole closet or whatever so and so you know I gained by having them take over some of that work but then they also would get a chance to earn money of their own and see kind of that sweat equity and how much work you have to put in to get things Um, and then they had money to spend and there was more than one time where I had to step back and say okay we've had the conversation if this is where you want to spend your money then you know it's your money and then they figured out whether they were happy with it or not so happy with it as the time went on. Um, but it, it's hard as a parent to let your kid do that sometimes. But you got to remember, it's easier to make mistakes and learn by them when you're a child or a yes. youth because they're really relatively small problems. If you haven't had that opportunity until you're in your 20s or 30s, they're going to be harder lessons, more expensive. 
Yeah. So I'm actually writing down a list of those additional chores. I like that. Just make the kitchen <laughs> shiny. <laughs> yeah, with three boys, there was always something to clean up. <laughs> That's fantastic. So a, a lot of what we've been talking about, even about modeling positive behaviors and having conversation, um, the research uh, says a lot that you know parents and caregivers have the the biggest impact on financial behavior among children and as they get older. And so, do you want to talk anything about that a little bit about that, um, Kathy, about like the role of parents and caregivers as you know youth or getting older and learning financial behaviors and what are some of the benefits of learning more? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, we've been talking about the fact that youth of all ages are watching and looking um, at the role models around them and certainly parents and caregivers and other people that are important to them is where they're going to be watching. And we we tend, I think, to focus our conversations on young children or, yes. you know, into middle school. But it's been interesting to me to, to really fully recognize that I need to keep having these conversations with young people in my life, you know, past high school like really the big decisions are later right (laughs) and again you know when I looked at that article about what millennials wish their parents had talked about I was like most of these things they wouldn't have run into until their 20s at -hmm. least Um, and so I think by having laid that framework or foundation that it's okay to come to me with questions we can have it without everybody getting upset or me having to be right Right. then it's been easier for my sons to come to me with questions as they've moved into the workforce, as they've signed contracts, as they've made job decisions, as they've, you know, chosen places to live. Now, do they always, you know, do everything that I suggest? Absolutely not. (laughs) But again, it's not for me to decide. I'm just there as a sounding board and to give them maybe a context or some experience that they wouldn't have had. Um, Or, you know, to talk about some of the financial literacy pieces that they just wouldn't have run into before when they were, you know, 12 years old, they wouldn't have been thinking about how do you read a rental contract, for example. So, you know, I think, you know, I would encourage everybody to look around them and see what young adults are out there in your life, whether they're your own children or others, and how can you support them in this transition into the real world and where they're having to make these financial decisions, because that's when it starts to really matter and to make it you know, the right decisions that are financially keep people secure can make a huge difference um, kind of going down the road. And they just don't have a lot of experience. So rather than make everybody learn by experience, which can be painful, sometimes conversations can really help. Absolutely. And a big thing I heard from um, from that, which was great, is that it's a lifelong process, like this learning piece. You start early with teaching them simple things that are age appropriate, developmentally appropriate, and keep building on those, keep building on those. And those can help with like them having like a very positive financial well-being as they get older. And so... As we're coming to the end of our episode, this has been such a great conversation with you, Kathy. And I just wanted to quick go over a couple of things. Just, you know, what are the benefits? What are the benefits of financial education for young people? And what do they gain from this? Why does it matter to us? Why are we so passionate about making sure that young people um, are equipped to handle like their financial lives as they get older? 
Well, research does show that, you know, when youth and young adults learn how to manage money, they are more likely to save as they get older. They're more likely to pay off their credit card debt in full each month. Um, they're less likely to buy compulsively. And, you know, they, they think l openly about like the type of financial risk that they can handle. So a lot of different things, there are a lot of great benefits to having like these conversation, continuous education, um, whether it's through parents or through high school programs and then even through college programs, just different programs that can help them with making like smart money decisions that just have great outcomes for them as they move on into their adulthood and into like their lives. Do you have anything else you'd like to add, Kathy? Well, I just, you know, like to say, yes, I agree with all of that. <laughs> and then also to add in, you know, as adults, I think we recognize that our financial well-being does bleed over and influence so many other aspects of our life. So, you know, the research is starting to look at um, and show that, like, when people feel confident in finances, they're less anxious about it. They, you know, feel better about it. Um, and, it, you know, we all know that if you're worried about your finances, it can affect your relationships. It's hard to sleep at night, all these things that are just so important to, you know, the quality of life. So it is worth spending time on this. It is worth making it a part of your life with your children and talking to them about it. It's, you know, we, there's, it takes time, it takes effort, but the payback is really quite big. Um, the other thing I just wanted to add in is I feel like we had this conversation and the time just flew by, um, <laughs> right? we didn't really get to say all the things that we had been thinking about, yes. but I want to remind our listeners that um, you do have the option of also going to our blog, the Plan Well, Retire Well blog at um, www.retirewell.illinois.edu, and we've been um, blogging about this topic for for a while so you can um, look there for more information um, that might kind of help fill in the gaps that if we didn't quite cover something or there was something you thought oh I want to know more about that so absolutely thank you so much for adding that in yes come and visit our blog and read all the great things that we've been done been doing and our blog has been up for over 10 years now right Kathy yeah, we've been doing yes. this for over 10 years. So there's a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there. I'm a newcomer to the blog, but it's been around for a while. Um, so, yes, definitely stop by and check us out. All right. Do you have anything else to add? No, thank you, Kamaya. I think no. that we've got, you know, a good start here and we might revisit this in the future. Yes. As yes, there, I think there's quite a, you know, raising youth and talking about finances. That's a big topic. So. Yeah, a very big one. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.